All right, Alexander, let's talk about the deteriorating relationship between China and the United States. You sent me a statement before we did uh, this video, and I believe you said that you have never seen such a statement come out of Chinese officials. This, uh, this harsh, this, uh, th this much criticism towards the U.S., you've never seen it. What, uh, what's going on? We're going from but, bad to worse, it seems, well, with China, U.S. Yeah. Very much so. And I mean, this is an ominous statement. And it's from the Chinese foreign minister, Tsing Gang. So he's been newly appointed. Before that, he was the Chinese ambassador to Washington. So he's an experienced diplomat. And he was not talking, you know, off-piste. He was absolutely setting out Chinese policy. Because um, in the hours after he made these comments, over the course of a press conference, which he gave on Tuesday, the Chinese media covered these comments heavily so undoubtedly this is he was expressing he was stating the clear opinions of the chinese government and i have to say i have not seen a chinese official certainly of this level talk about relations with the u.s in this way i mean it, this was his first press conference and he went for the u.s incredibly heavily and what he basically said was this essentially said was this he said um situation is becoming worse between the united states and china the balloon incident was important because it demonstrated how um viscerally some people in the united states feel about us because the level of overreaction and hysteria about it was just off the scale so we've drawn our conclusions from this. We see that the United States is clearly working to strangle our economy. It's trying to block exports of high technology to us. It's trying to hold our economic development back. It won't succeed in doing this. But of course, this is leading to heightened risks. And the United States talks about establishing guardrails. This is Biden administration talk, by the way you know, guardrails, in other words, that, you know, you try to agree certain things which neither side will transgress, and that will keep relations stable. But what Tsingang said is that the guardrails that the administration is talking about all apply to China. None of them apply to the U.S. itself. The U.S. is able to say and do to China whatever it wants. China supposedly should not respond that is impossible those were his words and he said the way we are heading the way it's going we are heading for a conflict we are heading for an outright clash and that will be a catastrophe for our peoples and for humanity potentially but that's the direction china doesn't want to go there but the united states is driving this and that's where we're going. So, it, in effect, what Xingang is saying is that the United States is working now towards war with China. War sanctions the law. How, uh, how does the U.S. pull back from this? Well, this is the point, because what Xingang is basically questioning is whether 
the United States is able to pull back from this. Certainly, under this administration, I think his feeling is that it won't. I mean, people often make comparisons between, you know, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Under Trump, relations with China deteriorated. But remember, with him, it started initially as a trade issue. And, of course, he was able to establish a good relationship at the beginning with Xi Jinping. The real problems in U.S.-China relations, the point when they became very dangerous, have been over, have happened over the course of this administration. And Xinjiang is saying, well, we've basically given up on this administration. As far as we're concerned, things are going to continue to get worse because this is an administration we can't trust, led by neocons who loathe us. And in the meantime, all we can do is strengthen our defences. And China has just announced a big increase in defence spending, 7%. And we're also going to strengthen our alliances. And um, Xinjiang spoke a lot about, you know, very good relations with Russia. We have Xi Jinping going to Russia very soon. Wang Yi was there and things of that kind. So you can see what's coming. It, it, it's... He also, by the way, complained about Ukraine. He said, you know, that um, China hasn't, up to this point, <laughs> supplied weapons to either side. We weren't involved in anything. Yet now we're being blamed for problems in Ukraine by the US, even though it's the US that caused this whole problem, this whole crisis in Ukraine in the first place. So you could see, you could see the, what the Chinese are thinking, that... They're facing now a challenge from the U.S., which could potentially lead to war. They don't believe that under this administration things will change. They think they're heading towards a war. Perhaps Congress could act as a restraint. Who knows? But I can't help but feel that some kind of big military clash is now over the horizon. And I have to say that fills me with an enormous concern. I can't see how this can be avoided. And this is the worst possible time for Kevin McCarthy to go to Taiwan. But that apparently is what he's going to do. There was a report that uh, the German uh, defense minister, uh, Pasterius, met with Lloyd Austin. And Pasterius said something along the lines of uh, the U.S. is thinking of pivoting to Asia. Yes, I don't know if you read that. Yes, no, I think yeah, he did well, say. What, what do you make he of did that? Say. Yeah, he did well, say. Yeah, he did say it. Okay. Yes, he did say. I, 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 and that's that's of course wholly consistent with this. But of course, this is takes us back to the Ukrainian war because of course the Germans must be looking upon all of that with horror. I mean, from their point of view, the Ukraine war was bad enough, but at least. There is support for Ukraine war in Europe. There is even support for Ukraine war in Germany itself. After all, Ukraine is a European country. Russia is a European country. Europeans have long histories of difficult relations with the Russians. It's always possible to create a coalition in Europe to oppose the Russians. And the Europeans, to some extent at least, to a great extent, care about Russia because it is in their neighbourhood. And what Pistorius is basically saying is the Americans are now obsessed with China. China is their major focus. It's really what they're 
principal concern is all about. So they've led us into this conflict in Europe over Ukraine, and now they're thinking of switching their focus to China and to the East, and they're going to leave us in the lurch. <laughs> that, that's essentially, if you unpack the meaning behind Pistorius's words, that's essentially what he's saying. And of course, from a German point of view, and again, Singang made this point in that press conference. Um, it's a particular disaster because Germany based its big economic revival because, you know, a couple of years ago, in the early, the late 90s, early 2000s, the German economy was in some difficulties. So based on its economic revival on three things. Firstly, the euro, which for Germany was a soft the soft exchange rate. So that made German goods competitive. Secondly, cheap gas from Russia. Well, that's all gone. Thirdly, exports to China. And Xingang said, for seven years in a row, China has been Germany's most important trade partner. Which is true. So Germany is being sucked into a confrontation with China. And it's a disaster for Germany, compounding the disaster it's already suffered over its loss of Russian gas. So it, you can see why Schultz and Biden are meeting. They're keeping their aides and the media away. Obviously, they've had embarrassing discussions about difficult discussions over Nord Stream. I mean, that was surely part of the purpose of this meeting. They've just taken place in Washington. But you can also see why the Germans must be very worried that the US is turning away to China, is focusing on China. The Germans are worried they're going to be left in the lurch and Europe's going to be left in the lurch over Ukraine and that the US is looking for a confrontation with China, which would be catastrophic for Germany. Yeah, I just... I think about all of this and I just don't see how any of this stuff is going to work out in uh, in the U.S. or in Europe's uh, favor. You have a part of the U.S. government which absolutely wants to take on China. You have the neocon part of the U.S. government, very strong, very powerful, which is dead set on uh, on destroying Russia, even if it means they have to destroy Ukraine they're dead set on destroying Russia. Before they even talk about China, they want to get to Russia first. Then you have the Europeans who, there's a part of, of Europeans, a small part, but a part of the European uh, political class that probably wants to distance itself from uh, this Ukraine crisis and wants a way out. Maybe the business society of uh, Germany, for example. But then you have the other part of uh of the EU political class, the neoliberal, neocon class, which, which is not going to want to see the U.S. pivot to Asia. And they're going to do their very best to keep the U.S. focused on, uh, on Ukraine, on fighting Russia. I'm thinking the Baltic states. I'm thinking Poland, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, uh, all, Joseph Burrell. All these people are going to want to make sure that the U.S. Uh, continues to, to focus on Ukraine and on fighting Putin. Uh, the, this is not going to end well 
any which way you take it, whether you're European, whether you're U.S., it's not going to end well because there you have all these different factions that are that have boxed themselves in, and they all yes. want to take on a different enemy or to accomplish different things. And the things that they want to accomplish, like regime change in Russia, regime change in China, is not going to work. You, no. you've, you brought China and Russia closer together. They're de-dollarizing. They've brought eighty percent of the world with them. This is a this is a train wreck, a train Which wreck of, absolute... of conflicting interests. It's an absolute tyrannic, and you're absolutely right. And of course, the point is that there's nobody, there's nobody there that actually talks about restraint. I mean, that, that you know that there's limits to what the U.S. can do, what the West can do, what the West should do. They're basically now you you sense that they're arguing over who who the enemy should be, whom we should attack. Should we attack the Russians? Should we continue attacking the Russians? Should we? pivot to attacking the Chinese. There's even an article, by the way, today in the Daily Telegraph by Con Coughlin, or right, we don't take him hugely seriously in Britain, but anyway, it's there, which says we should attack Iran too. <laughs> we should attack everywhere, everybody, all the time, you know, in every single place. And um, it, it's extremely worrying. It, it's a very, very frightening situation. And it does talk to political class in Europe and in the United States, which is becoming desperate because they sense that, you know, it, their position is weakening, their moment of supremacy is going. They can't give up, however, on their project. And so each faction wants to double down on the part of the, you know, on the, on the conflict that most interests it. Some want to go after Russia. The Europeans principally want to go after Russia. The neocons in Washington want to go after Russia. The um, military, I suspect, in the US are more concerned about China. There's the foreign policy hawks in the US want to go after China. And instead of getting, instead of people moderating and thinking hard and asking, you know, what should we do? We end up in a conflict with everyone. And, you know, this has happened before. Other, other, you know, great powers have done this. I mean, Japan, in a way, did that in the 1940s when, you know, in 1941, they attacked everybody, basically. They attacked the British, the French, to the extent that there were the French, the Dutch, and, of course, the United States, even as they had a war going on in China, which is already draining their resources. And they just eventually just threw all caution to the winds and they went for broke and we saw how it ended. But that's essentially where what, what we're starting to see now. Yeah, I think going for broke is, is the right word because uh, you know everything that I'm reading now is, is all about these countries and the global south. Uh, the rest of the world outside the collective West, uh, you know, they're going about their business. They don't have this fixation of of attacking everybody. They're they're trading outside of the dollar now. They're it, it seems like they're they're disinterested in all of this stuff, and they just Absolutely. want to do business. And exactly. that's what we're seeing. And this is hurting the collective West, and yes. more specifically, the U.S. dollar as yes. reserve currency. Yes. 
Absolutely, correct. I mean, what he's doing is, is deepening and accelerating the West's, the crisis of the collective West. Instead of making the West stronger, it's making it weaker. You go back to the Ukraine war, you know, like many people, I said to myself at the beginning of the war, you, you can go back and see our programmes then in February and March, that this has actually worked well for the administration, for the neocons in Washington. They've killed off the deepening ties between Russia, economic ties between the Russians and the Europeans. They've um, got the Russians involved in this war in Ukraine. It's come out well for them. With every day and week and month that continues, you can see that the opposite is the case. European economies are sinking. <laughs> Living standards in Europe are sinking. European arsenals are becoming depleted. European armies are weakening. The British House of Commons, uh, there's a House of Commons report who said that it will at least take at least 10 years before the British military can repair all the damage it's done to itself by shipping off so much of its weaponry to Ukraine. Ten years. And Germany's in an even worse position. So, and in the meantime, nonetheless, and notwithstanding, they still want to start another conflict somewhere else, or at least they drifting into another conflict with an even more mighty adversary, which will make their problems in the West even worse. And as you rightly said, the rest of the world looks on in bemusement and I suspect quiet horror mm -hmm. all right uh, the Duran.locals.com we are on Rockfin as well and look for us also on Rumble also go to the Duran shop 10% off use the code good day take care